Have you been working on your canter? And yet it feels that every time you do it, you need an industrial sized tub of super glue in order to try and keep your butt in the saddle. If that's the case, today's episode is the one for you because we are diving into what you can do to begin sinking your seat with your horse in the canter. Hey there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world, helping you to have better conversations with your horse. I am an online equestrian trainer and coach who also trains in person, and I'd love to help you achieve this today. So we said all about the canter and how we can Yes, sometimes it can be very an airborne sort of an experience. And, well, for most riders, they don't really want that. They'd prefer things to be all, you know, connected and your seat moving with the horse as opposed to, I don't know, flying about six inches above the horse's back at any given point. And one of the big reasons this happens is because riders are actually trying to sit in the canter. I know it's the irony of it, hey? But it seems like one of those things where the more you try the more you, yeah, the more distance, the more space you're creating between your seat and the saddle. And one of the reasons that this is true is because riders are trying to squeeze or grip with their legs in order to keep them in the saddle. And this is completely against how you would actually ride the canter, okay? When you're squeezing or gripping with your legs, First of all, you're creating this almost vice-like effect, V-I-C-E, like a vice grip effect on your horse's back. And most horses generally don't enjoy that. And what may happen is that your horse will either speed up to get away from the thing kind of gripping onto its back, clenched onto its back, or it'll slow down because the energy just is not flowing and it's like okay I don't know what you want me to do so I'll rather just stop and you decide yourself there what's going on but either way it's not the desired result and I think that when you have either one of those scenarios happening so the horse either speeds up or the horse slows down it tends to off balance the rider even more which makes them grip even more and it's a vicious 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 cycle so first and foremost it is really important to recognize that you don't grip with your legs to keep you in the canter, okay? Your legs, we ideally want them draped. What does that mean? Think about a curtain. When a curtain is draped over something, okay, it is in contact with the something, whatever it is. Let's say it's hanging over the back of a couch or a sofa, okay? It is in contact with the couch or the sofa, but it's not clinging to or gripping the couch or the sofa, okay? And that's important because later when you begin to think about wanting to more positively influence the canter, well, if you're gripping on there just to stay on, makes sense that you couldn't really use your legs for anything else, could you? And if you can't use your legs, you probably can't use your seat and the rest of your aids as well. Remember, we need independence through our aids, okay? So it's really important to recognize that. Okay, so that all being said, what can you begin doing today to help you have less, less, less space, 
less air between your bum and the saddle in the canter. I think the first thing to remember is that when you are working on this, you need to practice. Okay, it's going to require practice and it's going to require good quality practice. So what I mean by that is that if you're practicing and you're practicing, you're practicing, you're not seeing any benefits to the practice you're probably not practicing the right thing or the right way, okay? So you need to change things up. Really, really key ingredient. For many riders, the canter itself can be pretty taxing on our physical fitness and our physical stamina. If you feel yourself becoming tired, leave it. Go back to it another day. You are not really going to achieve a whole lot through being tired either, okay? So that's also important to remember. Okay, so I'm going to suggest that you start in walk and really tap into or tune into what your horse's feet are doing when he's walking, okay? And begin to feel the effect that that has on your seat in the walk. Now, I really feel that walk and canter are pretty similar this way because we really have this ability to follow the horse or said differently, to allow the horse to lead us in the walk and in the canter, okay? And that requires you to be very, very, first of all, supple through your body. So if you're lacking suppleness, there you go. You've got your homework. Go to fitforriding.com forward slash go and to start on that, okay? But also that you are maintaining the correct level of tension so I wanted to say relaxed and relaxed being that as I said you have the correct level of tension now many riders hear the word relaxed and they think they have to do absolutely nothing that's not what relaxed means hey so that's also important but yeah over time begin to really and truly be able to identify what's moving underneath you but also be able to get to the point where your seat is able to move unhindered by you and your the rest of your body and any tension or excessive tension that you are holding in there okay from that I would say work on your alignment your posture and your position now we all know the important line the head shoulder hip heel line and yet when we're doing anything that well may be difficult that tends to go out the window bring it back in okay and really and truly work on maintaining it this line this head shoulder hip heel so basically all it means is that if I stood at the side of you and your horse if you and your horse you're on your horse you're in the arena I'm standing beside you and I'm looking at you I should be able to draw a line down straight down like using my hand just go vroop head, shoulder, hip, heel, okay, nice line, but what we're looking for there is that that, you can maintain that line, whether you're in the gate, so this could be halt, I know halt isn't really a gate, but hey, we also want to maintain it in the halt, okay, so halt, walk, trot, or canter, but also that you can maintain it as you are transitioning in or out of any of the above said things, okay, so that is really, really important that you can maintain that. When you are able to correctly maintain that alignment, it means that you are in the best possible position to communicate with your horse, okay? If the alignment goes for a ball, okay? If your shoulders get a little bit in front of your hips, which is usually the case, or if your shoulders get a little bit behind your hips, okay? If your foot is at your horse's shoulder, if your foot is by your horse's flank, we do not want any of those scenarios, okay? But when that happens, you first have to fix that before you can actually say something, or at least say it in a way that you're hoping your horse is going to understand. 
So you're giving yourself so much more work and it also delays everything. Responsiveness, it delays the communication, it delays the actual work that's being done. So it's really important to try and maintain that, okay? The next thing I'm going to suggest you do is to make sure that your weight is dropped into your heel. And this kind of goes back to the whole gripping with the leg thing. We don't want to grip with the leg, okay? When your weight is dropped into your heel, it'll feel almost like you're lengthening, you're elongating. There's a fancy word. You're making your legs longer, okay, down the horse's sides so as your legs can be what? Oh, just more effective. You see, it's all about effectiveness. Because at the end of the day, you want to keep your bum in the saddle, in the canter. Well, first of all, because it's way more comfortable and enjoyable. But secondly, because you want to be able to positively influence your horse. So it makes sense that you're in the proper place to do that, okay, when the time comes. So think about this. The other reason that kind of lengthening the leg and thinking about the weight being into the heel is that it will actually kind of allow you to get more in tune with what your seat is doing. For many riders, the inside seat bone can tend to go on holidays to the outside of the saddle, okay? Meaning that your inside seat bone will kind of shift across towards the outside, particularly in the canter and particularly on a circle. If you can maintain your inside seat bone where it should be, it's going to help you in the canter. And you can do that through weighting the heels okay really really helps with that so think about it okay from here you're going to carry your shoulders your arms and your hands now you're probably thinking but Lorna they're all the one thing but they're not you need to carry your shoulders because you're going to connect through your core and engage through your core think about it wherever you are right now whether you're standing whether you're sitting whether you're on your horse whether you're on the ground makes no odds I want you to engage your core and look at the effect it has on your shoulders notice this okay so engage the core can you feel that it's like your shoulders just come up it's like you're a couple of inches taller it's like your chest opens beautiful okay from there you want to make sure that your elbows are just hanging down from your shoulders I know this seems really simple and basic but you would be surprised how many riders are in the canter looking like they are sleepwalking meaning that they're like the zombies their their elbows are straight out in front of them arm is completely straight all the way from shoulder down to hand totally straight no, 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 no. We need the bend. So I need you to drop your elbows. Let your elbows hang from the shoulder. This allows this better contact when we get to the point where we're going to begin influencing, which is really important. Okay. The other thing I want you to notice here is that while your elbows are dropped, you will have to bend them, as I said before, to actually lift your hands. And I do want you to carry your hands. There's a tendency for riders to drop the hands and canter. But remember, when you drop your hands, it's, it's this strange thing. Your head tends to follow. Now, you're probably laughing at me here, but it really does. Eh? Riders who drop their hands tend to drop their heads. So I want you to go back to this alignment I spoke about. Come on, carry everything, okay? Very, very, very important. You cannot expect your horse to carry himself while you sit there like the sack of potatoes on top. So carry yourself, okay? cannot stress that enough. Okay, the next thing, once you've got all those pieces in place, and you can practice this in walk and in trot, and you can practice it all day long, just making sure that you're able to keep these. From there, as you transition into canter, I want you to begin to notice the scoop, the scoopy feeling. This always reminds me of ice cream. Um, you know, if you had a tub of ice cream and you've taken it out of the freezer and you get one of those lovely metal scoops, okay? And you kind of, you scoop along the ice cream and it kind of curls the ice cream up. It's a bit like a wave. And it kind of curls the ice cream into this lovely little ball that you can neatly put into your bowl. 
Okay, now, you know what happens if you push too deep and too hard with the scoop. Yeah, everything jams up. You don't get any, you don't get the ice cream, okay? Because you've you've literally just stopped everything from moving. You get stuck, okay? That is the same as what happens with your horse when you begin to dig too deep in the canter. So I say this as a word of warning because for many riders, once they eventually get to this point where they're like, ah, look, can keep my bum in the saddle, would you look at me? Woo-hoo. And they, they're doing fantastically, yet they tend to go the whole other spectrum of the, the whole being in the saddle and they begin to dig a hole for themselves using their seat bone as a shovel into their horse's back. We don't want that to happen, okay? So think about the ice cream. If you dig too deep, you're going to get stuck. Similarly, if you don't dig deep enough, you end up with nothing, okay? You cannot gather. So think about that. Think about your seat as being a scoop. Now, I say the scoopy feeling because there's this kind of happy medium. And the happy medium will depend on what you're doing with your horse at any given point. And also your training, your horse's training, the development, what you're both capable of. There's a lot of variables, but there is a happy medium. Practice it. Practice so as you get the perfect amount of ice cream. (laughs) scooped into the scoop every single stride okay but if you seriously if you do imagine that scoopy feeling that there has to be this slightly down and then like up at the end as the scoop comes out of the ice cream it's a good way of thinking about it okay Um, and it'll help you with that okay the next thing I'm going to remind you to do is to lead with your belly button now this may seem really strange (laughs) And I say your belly button because, well, we all know where our belly button is without having to actually look at where our belly button is. And that's important because when we're riding, I do not want you navel gazing. I do not want you staring down at your belly button, okay? I want you looking where you're going, but I also want you to be thinking about, is my belly button leading this conversation? Because that's what we want. Now, I say belly button, I actually mean your whole seat. And the reason I mean your seat is because we want to always lead with the seat. And then what's really nice is that your seat and your hands are very much connected, okay? You lead with your seat, and then a split second later, the hands follow, okay? But it's important that you're leading through the seat. So think about, I'm leading through my belly button. Is my belly, every single stride I do on the canter, is my belly button getting there first? Or am I trying to lead through my hands? And if I am doing that, there's a good chance my shoulders are getting there first. Now let's circle back to the whole alignment picture, the head, shoulder, hip, heel. If your shoulders are getting there first, you've lost alignment, okay? And that is not, first of all, it's it's not good to be effective, but secondly, it's also blocking energy, okay? We need to let the energy to flow. So we want our seat to lead first. Very, very important, okay? What I see a lot of people doing in the canter is that their shoulders are doing all the movement, Shoulders are kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's like moving back or forth and kind of bobbing up and down all at once. I don't know, but their shoulders are doing a hell of a lot up there in the saddle. And their seat, meanwhile, is like just dug in, like braced. That's a good word, okay? It is braced. Using the lower leg, usually, it's kind of like stuck into that saddle. You are going nowhere. But if that's what's happening, that actually is what's happening. You're going nowhere, okay? So you want to be able to carry all of the things I've mentioned before. Carry yourself and then allow your your belly button, your seat 
to take you into the counter first okay and um, you're going to have to have the alignment the posture the self-carriage carrying everything you're going to have to have all that in place in order to do that but it is really important okay okay from there begin working just on the counter and noticing how if you're not gripping if you're in alignment if you're carrying your body if you're really carrying your upper body in particular you're allowing the bottom to swing think about bringing it back to the walk where you're not doing a whole lot you're just allowing the horse to move your seat and try that for the counter and then once you've got that thinking about the scoop feeling thinking about how much scoop do I need to get the perfect amount of energy gathered up here every time in my seat when I canter okay and then take it from there the canter will require work okay but I bet you I bet you if this is if you're struggling now and this is like something on your to-do list like this is like I need to be able to keep my butt in the saddle when I canter I want you to think back to when you began trotting and I bet you it didn't look very pretty hey so give yourself a little bit of grace. You manage that. Bet you you're gonna manage this as well, but it will take some effort on your part, okay? Okay, if you're interested in going further with the canter, we are, this whole month, Inside of Connection is dedicated to the canter. Come on over, join me in there. Let me help you with your horse. There's guided audio horse riding lessons that literally take you step-by-step through it all, that you can listen to, you can practice over and over and over again. And also then there's the weekly trainings um, that you can connect with me, that if you do have an issue, I can help you out with that as well. It's a win-win for everyone. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that for today. Oh, final thing. If you're really struggling, you're thinking, Lorna, you mentioned about the suppleness earlier. What was that? Go over to fitforriding.com forward slash go. The link will be somewhere here in the show notes and you can get there a month's riding, no, not a riding plan, a month's plan and audio trainings to help you, yeah, get a little bit more supple, a little bit more loosey-goosey through your body. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Have a great week. Keep well. I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.